The Bible, the book that has changed the world by changing lives around the world. Men and women, young and old, the Bible has changed my life. The love, stability, and hope that I need, they're all found in the Bible. The Bible gives me hope that a new day is coming. The Bible is helping me see what really matters. The Bible Live is a -a one-of-a-kind, first-time-in-history radio program. Offering you the chance to hear a 15 to 20 minute Bible reading each weeknight. The entire Bible, every year. Hear the scriptures, then call in with your comments and questions. This is the best show in the world. Well, actually, I was speaking against everything you were talking about before, and uh, now I, I stand humbly corrected. I'm a pastor, and our people really need to know the word more. The Bible also transformed the life of your Bible Live host. A full-blooded Apache Indian, born out of wedlock and abandoned at birth. Soapy Dollar was found in a big city alley by a kind-hearted fortune teller, then passed around to 16 families before he was six years old. Placed in a home for homeless and delinquent boys, Soapy Dollar heard the Bible's life-changing message at the age of eight, and the course of his life was changed. He's an American Indian guitar playing all around rodeo cowboy. I keep my thumb between the pages and my heart in the book. With more degrees than a thermometer and over 40 years of introducing folks just like you to the God of the Bible. Here is Sophie Dollar. Ready to continue our journey. Through the Book of Books. Thank you for joining us tonight, folks. We are going to pick up just where we left off in our last program, Isaiah chapter 21. We're reading through the 66 chapters of the book of Isaiah. The first 39 chapters of Isaiah deal with the theme of warning not only the people of Israel, that is Israel in the north, Samaria, and in Judah in the south with their capital, Jerusalem, but as we'll see tonight, warning Surrounding nations, Damascus, Philistia, the Moabites, the Ethiopians, the Egyptians, the Edomites, many of these people groups that surrounded Israel are being warned by the prophet Isaiah to turn from their sin to the true and living God. 39 chapters have to do with warnings, and then in chapter 40, he turns to promises of future blessing. Judgment falls on these nations, and he begins to give a message of comfort and encouragement in chapter 40. We'll talk about the book of Isaiah as we come to that reading tonight. Right now, though, let's move to our reading from the Psalms, our Wisdom and Worship segment in chapter 105. God's attention now turns to delivering Israel from Egypt. Psalm 105, 25 through 45. Then he turned the Egyptians against the Israelites, and they plotted against the Lord's servants. But the Lord sent Moses his servant, along with Aaron, whom he had chosen. They performed miraculous signs among the Egyptians, and miracles in the land of Ham. The Lord blanketed Egypt in darkness, for they had defied his commands to let his people go. He turned the nation's water into blood, poisoning all the fish. Then frogs overran the land. They were found even in the king's private rooms. When he spoke, flies descended on the Egyptians, and gnats swarmed across Egypt. Instead of rain, he sent murderous hail, and flashes of lightning overwhelmed the land. He ruined their grapevines and fig trees, and shattered all the trees. He spoke, and hordes of locusts came, locusts beyond number. 
they ate up everything green in the land, destroying all the crops. Then he killed the oldest child in each Egyptian home, the pride and joy of each family. But he brought his people safely out of Egypt, loaded with silver and gold. There were no sick or feeble people among them. Egypt was glad when they were gone, for the dread of them was great. The Lord spread out a cloud above them as a covering and gave them a great fire to light the darkness. They asked for meat, and he sent them quail. He gave them manna, bread from heaven. He opened up a rock, and water gushed out to form a river through the dry and barren land. For he remembered his sacred promise to Abraham, his servant. So he brought his people out of Egypt with joy, his chosen ones with rejoicing. He gave his people the lands of pagan nations, and they harvested crops that others had planted. All this happened so they would follow his principles and obey his law. Praise the Lord! End of reading Psalm 105, 25-45 Who am I that the Lord of all the earth Would care to know my name Would care to feel my hurt Who am I that the bright and morning star Would choose to light the way You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Psalm 105 is a review of God's mighty deeds in bringing Israel to the promised land. Beginning with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God was faithful to each one of them in their time, in their moment. Then as he took them down into Egypt with Joseph as honored guests, and they became a nation of slaves. Then God raised up Moses, as we read tonight, with his brother Aaron, brought them out of Egypt and uh, began the work of nation building, built them up into a great nation, as he had promised to do for his own honor and glory, and as an instrument of revelation to the nations around the promised land, and also raising them up as a people that would be the vehicle for the Messiah, the promised Messiah, to come into the world to purchase the redemption of humanity, to purchase the redemption of true Israel, spiritual Israel, men and women of faith, men and women who have longed for God and desired God through the centuries. And that includes you and me. As we place our faith and trust in Jesus, the Messiah, we've come into that secure, confident relationship with him, a relationship of grace purchased by his sacrifice on our behalf and now sealed with the presence of his Holy Spirit within us. Now let's turn to Isaiah chapter 21. We ended up in chapter 20, a little bit of a humorous event. I suppose it was not humorous for Isaiah in that he was called for three years of his ministry to preach in the buff. That's right. That's what I said, naked. Isaiah was walking around naked and barefoot for three years of his ministry as a sign, a symbol of the terrible troubles that God was going to bring about on Egypt and Ethiopia through the Assyrians. The kingdom to the north with Nineveh as their capital They were going to be used as a scourge, an instrument of judgment on both Israel in the north, the ten tribes of Israel with their capital Samaria, and on the nations surrounding Israel and Judah. Tonight, Isaiah will deliver messages to the Babylonian Empire, prophecies about Edom, as you know, were the descendants of Esau, prophecies for all these other groups about what God is going to do. Isaiah 21 through 25, 12. Isaiah 21. This message came to me concerning the land of Babylonia. 
Disaster is roaring down on you from the desert like a whirlwind sweeping in from the Negev. I see an awesome vision. I see you plundered and destroyed. Go ahead, you Elamites and Medes, take part in the siege. Babylon will fall, and the groaning of all the nations she enslaved will end. My stomach aches and burns with pain. Sharp pains of horror are upon me like the pains of a woman giving birth. I grow faint when I hear what God is planning. I am blinded with dismay. My mind reels, my heart races. The sleep I once enjoyed at night is now a faint memory. I lie awake, trembling. Look, they are preparing a great feast. They are spreading rugs for people to sit on. Everyone is eating and drinking. Quick, grab your shields and prepare for battle. You are being attacked. Meanwhile, the Lord said to me, Put a watchman on the city wall to shout out what he sees. Tell him to sound the alert when he sees chariots drawn by horses and warriors mounted on donkeys and camels. Then the watchman called out, Day after day I have stood on the watchtower, my lord. Night after night I have remained at my post. Now at last, look, here come the chariots and warriors. Then the watchman said, Babylon is fallen. All the idols of Babylon lie broken on the ground. O oh, my people threshed and winnowed, I have told you everything the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, has said. This message came to me concerning Edom. Someone from Edom keeps calling to me, Watchman, how much longer until morning? When will the night be over? The watchman replies, Morning is coming, but night will soon follow. If you wish to ask again, then come back and ask. This message came to me concerning Arabia. O caravans from Dedan, hide in the deserts of Arabia. O people of Tema, bring food and water to these weary refugees. They have fled from drawn swords and sharp arrows and the terrors of war. But within a year, says the Lord, all the glory of Kedar will come to an end. Only a few of its courageous archers will survive. I, the Lord, the God of Israel, have spoken. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Isaiah 22. This message came to me concerning Jerusalem. What is happening? Why is everyone running to the rooftops? The whole city is in a terrible uproar. What do I see in this reveling city? Bodies are lying everywhere, killed by famine and disease. All your leaders flee. They surrender without resistance. The people try to slip away, but they are captured too. Leave me alone to weep. Do not try to comfort me. Let me cry for my people as I watch them being destroyed. Oh, what a day of crushing trouble! What a day of confusion and terror the Lord, the Lord Almighty, has brought upon the Valley of Vision. The walls of Jerusalem have been broken, and cries of death echo from the mountainsides. Elamites are the archers. Arameans drive the chariots. The men of Ker hold up the shields. They fill your beautiful valleys and crowd against your gates. Judah's defenses have been stripped away. You run to the armory for your weapons. You inspect the walls of Jerusalem to see what needs to be repaired. You store up water in the lower pool. You check the houses and tear some down to get stone to fix the walls. Between the city walls, you build a reservoir for water from the old pool. But all your feverish plans are to no avail because you never asked God for help. He is the one who planned this long ago. The Lord, the Lord Almighty, called you to weep and mourn. 
He told you to shave your heads in sorrow for your sins and to wear clothes of sackcloth to show your remorse. But instead, you dance and play. You slaughter sacrificial animals, feast on meat and drink wine. Let's eat, drink, and be merry, you say. What's the difference for tomorrow we die? The Lord Almighty has revealed to me that this sin will never be forgiven you until the day you die. That is the judgment of the Lord, the Lord Almighty. Furthermore, the Lord, the Lord Almighty, told me to confront Shebna, the palace administrator, and to give him this message. Who do you think you are building a beautiful tomb for yourself in the rock? For the Lord is about to seize you and hurl you away. He is going to send you into captivity, you strong man. He will crumple you up into a ball and toss you away into a distant, barren land. There you will die, and there your glorious chariots will remain, broken and useless. You are a disgrace to your master. Yes, I will drive you out of office, says the Lord. I will pull you down from your high position. And then I will call my servant Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, to replace you. He will have your royal robes, your title, and your authority. And he will be a father to the people of Jerusalem and Judah. I will give him the key to the house of David, the highest position in the royal court. He will open doors, and no one will be able to shut them. He will close doors, and no one will be able to open them. He will bring honor to his family name, for I will drive him firmly in place like a tent stake. He will be loaded down with responsibility, and he will bring honor to even the lowliest members of his family. The Lord Almighty says, when that time comes, I will pull out the stake that seems so firm. It will come out and fall to the ground. Everything it supports will fall with it. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Isaiah 23. This message came to me concerning Tyre. Weep, O ships of Tarshish, returning home from distant lands. Weep for your harbor at Tyre, because it is gone. The rumors you heard in Cyprus are all true. Mourn in silence, you people of the coast, and you merchants of Sidon. Your traders crossed the sea, sailing over deep waters. They brought you grain from Egypt and harvest from along the Nile. You were the merchandise mart of the world. But now you are put to shame, city of Sidon. Fortress on the sea. For the sea says, Now I am childless. I have no sons or daughters. When Egypt hears the news about Tyre, there will be great sorrow. Flee now to Tarshish. Wail, you people who live by the sea. How can this silent ruin be all that is left of your once joyous city? What a history was yours. Think of all the colonists you sent to distant lands. Who has brought this disaster on Tyre, empire builder and chief trader of the world? The Lord Almighty has done it to destroy your pride and show his contempt for all human greatness. Come, Tarshish, sweep over your mother Tyre like the flooding Nile, for the city is defenseless. The Lord holds out his hand over the seas. He shakes the kingdoms of the earth. He has spoken out against Phoenicia and depleted its strength. He says, Never again will you rejoice, O daughter of Sidon. Once you were a lovely city, but you will never again be strong. Even if you flee to Cyprus, you will find no rest. Look at the land of Babylonia. The people of that land are gone. The Assyrians have handed Babylon over to the wild beasts. They have built siege ramps against its walls, torn down its palaces, and turned it into a heap of rubble. 
Wail, O ships of Tarshish, for your home port is destroyed. For seventy years, the length of a king's life, Tyre will be forgotten. But then the city will come back to life and sing sweet songs like a prostitute. Long absent from her lovers, she will take a harp, walk the streets and sing her songs so that she will again be remembered. Yes, after seventy years, the Lord will revive Tyre, but she will be no different than she was before. She will return again to all her evil ways around the world. But in the end, her businesses will give their profits to the Lord. Her wealth will not be hoarded, but will be used to provide good food and fine clothing for the Lord's priests. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Isaiah 24 Look, the Lord is about to destroy the earth and make it a vast wasteland. See how he is scattering the people over the face of the earth. Priests and lay people, servants and masters, maids and mistresses, buyers and sellers, lenders and borrowers, bankers and debtors. None will be spared. The earth will be completely emptied and looted. The Lord has spoken. The earth dries up, the crops wither, the skies refuse to rain. The earth suffers for the sins of its people, for they have twisted the instructions of God, violated His laws, and broken His everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth and its people. They are left desolate, destroyed by fire. Few will be left alive. All the joys of life will be gone. The grape harvest will fail, and there will be no wine. The merrymakers will sigh and mourn. The clash of tambourines will be stilled. The happy cries of celebration will be heard no more. The melodious chords of the harp will be silent. Gone are the joys of wine and song. Strong drink now turns bitter in the mouth. The city writhes in chaos. Every home is locked to keep out looters. Mobs gather in the streets, crying out for wine. Joy has reached its lowest ebb. Gladness has been banished from the land. The city is left in ruins with its gates battered down. Throughout the earth, the story is the same. Like the stray olives left on the tree or the few grapes left on the vine after harvest, only a remnant is left. But all who are left will shout and sing for joy. Those in the west will praise the Lord's majesty. In eastern lands, give glory to the Lord. In the coastlands of the sea, praise the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. Listen to them as they sing to the Lord from the ends of the earth. Hear them singing praises to the righteous one. But my heart is heavy with grief. I am discouraged, for evil still prevails, and treachery is everywhere. Terror and traps and snares will be your lot, you people of the earth. Those who flee in terror will fall into a trap, and those who escape the trap will step into a snare. Destruction falls on you from the heavens. The world is shaken beneath you. The earth has broken down and has utterly collapsed. Everything is lost, abandoned, and confused. The earth staggers like a drunkard. It trembles like a tent in a storm. It falls and will not rise again. For its sins are very great. In that day the Lord will punish the fallen angels in the heavens and the proud rulers of the nations on earth. They will be rounded up and put in prison until they are tried and condemned. Then the Lord Almighty will mount His throne on Mount Zion. He will rule gloriously in Jerusalem in the sight of all the leaders of His people. There will be such glory that the brightness of the sun and moon will seem to fade away. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. 
Isaiah 25. O Lord, I will honor and praise your name, for you are my God. You do such wonderful things. You planned them long ago, and now you have accomplished them. You turn mighty cities into heaps of ruins. Cities with strong walls are turned to rubble. Beautiful palaces in distant lands disappear and will never be rebuilt. Therefore, strong nations will declare your glory. Ruthless nations will revere you. But to the poor, O Lord, you are a refuge from the storm. To the needy in distress, you are a shelter from the rain and the heat. For the oppressive acts of ruthless people are like a storm beating against a wall, or like the relentless heat of the desert. But you silence the roar of foreign nations. You cool the land with the shade of a cloud, so the boastful songs of ruthless people are stilled. In Jerusalem, the Lord Almighty will spread a wonderful feast for everyone around the world. It will be a delicious feast of good food with clear, well-aged wine and choice beef. In that day, He will remove the cloud of gloom, the shadow of death that hangs over the earth. He will swallow up death forever. The Sovereign Lord will wipe away all tears. He will remove forever all insults and mockery against His land and people. The Lord has spoken. In that day, the people will proclaim, This is our God. We trusted in Him, and He saved us. This is the Lord in whom we trusted. Let us rejoice in the salvation He brings. For the Lord's good hand will rest on Jerusalem. Moab will be crushed like trampled straw and left to rot. God will push down Moab's people as a swimmer pushes down water with his hands. He will end their pride and all their evil works. The high walls of Moab will be demolished and ground to dust. End of reading Isaiah 21.1 through 25.12 And he is shining like the sun His eyes full of fire His voice like the Holy, 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 you remembered back in Isaiah chapter 6, this formative vision, this formative experience that Isaiah had as a young man just beginning his ministry. Isaiah probably came from a fairly wealthy aristocratic family, probably had a very comfortable upbringing. Then in the year that King Uzziah died, a king who had reigned for 55 years, Azariah or Uzziah had brought great stability Maybe he wasn't the greatest of kings, but at least they had a long period of consistency in Israel. When he died, that began to fall apart and end. It was in that time of weeping, in that time of grieving for the nation, that Isaiah had this fresh vision of God in his temple. Majestic, powerful, glorious. He sees God in all of his holiness, in his moral purity. And of course, it causes him to see himself his sin and his unworthiness before the holiness of God. And he says, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips as well. Then God makes a provision for him. An angel comes and lays a hot coal on his lips in this dream, in this vision, and he is purified. His sins are forgiven and cleansed. It's the blood of Messiah that cleanses all believers, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament. Isaiah and those who trusted in God in the Old Testament, the only reason they're in heaven today is because of the blood of Messiah. 
They looked forward to that time, and the blood of Messiah was applied to their lives when they by faith trusted in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, even as he does in our case as we look back. Now, he's anticipating and predicting the destruction of Babylon. This probably refers to the fall of Babylon in 539 B.C. when Babylon was destroyed by the Medo-Persian Empire. Destroyed overnight, you can read about it in Daniel chapter 5. In fact, there is a feast spoken of there in verse 5 of chapter 21. Look, they are preparing a great feast. They're spreading rugs for people to sit on. Everyone is eating and drinking, but quick, grab your shields and prepare for battle. You are being attacked. This is being told 200 years before this event. Remember that Babylon was destroyed overnight by the Medo-Persians who found a way into the underwater sewer system. If this passage is now prophetically looking forward to that battle, this is a perfect picture of it. Some people say it was fulfilled at Babylon's fall in 539, but others think that it was a prophecy of Babylon's revolt against Assyria around 700 B.C. In either case, the prophecy was fulfilled. And one thing we want to say about the prophecies of Isaiah, and maybe some of the others, but particularly Isaiah, Isaiah gives a number of prophecies, whether it's about Babylon or Edom or about Arabia. He's predicting their destruction. These often had near and medium-term and long-term fulfillment, these predictions. They sometimes had multiple applications, multiple interpretations in the case of Isaiah for sure. Sometimes he mixed predictions of the Messiah, of the Redeemer, of the righteous branch coming. He would mix those predictions of that righteous king that would someday come to rule with other predictions about battles and about historical events of his era and of his time. Isaiah's prophecies were first directed to Judah, then to Israel, and then to the surrounding nations. And finally, as we've seen in these chapters, called Isaiah's Apocalypse, we see the judgment of God arriving to the whole world. They describe the last days when God will judge the entire planet, and at that time he will finally and permanently remove evil. Now today we see the results of sin in our own land of America. Pollution, crime, addictions, poverty. Sin affects every aspect of society so extensively that even those faithful to God suffer. We cannot blame God for these conditions, though, because sin has brought them about. The more we who are believers renounce sin and speak against immoral practices and share God's word with others, the more we slow our society's deterioration. We must not give up. Never, never, never give up. Sin is rampant, but we can make a difference because where sin abounds, God's grace even more abounds. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Kendall House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now, don't forget, join us each weekday for the Bible Live with Soapy Dollars. Start today, and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word. <laughs> 